Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Here we go, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He talks about the different ministries and the different gifts that God has given to the church. Verse 5 says, There are differences of ministry, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation, everyone say manifestation, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So there is a manifestation of the Spirit of God that He gives to us that you profit that has all the gifts in it. In other words, there is an experience that God gives you that has all these giftings in it. How many of you are glad that God poured out His Spirit one day? Did you know when you receive the Holy Spirit in your life, you have received all the gifts that God has? You've received the not just the quality of God, but the, 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 the character of God. The quality of God and His character, and, and you've received the giftings of God. So, with that one gift, the manifestation and outward reckoning and, 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 and observation, that experience that we can recognize from the outside that happens in our life, that people can see. To another, he starts beginning to talk about the giftings. So, for one to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. See, now he identifies the outward manifestation. The Spirit is that manifestation. So through the Spirit, he gives this word of wisdom. That's one gift. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. So that manifestation is the Spirit, right? So he's going through and he's explaining every one of the gifts. Gifts of healing to verse 10. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. And that's not the initial tongues, I believe, that you receive a baptism. I believe if you've ever been in a church service where there was a a tongue that came forth and there was an interpretation, that's where they work together. This is for the edifying of the church. Now, read your Bible, do a little bit more studying on that, and then we can discuss it later. But the truth is that all these gifts work hand in hand. So he says to another, the interpretation of those tongues. But one and the same Spirit works works all these things. So again, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to all to profit with all of these, worked by the same Spirit. And then he goes distributing to each individually as he wills. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, everyone say one spirit, by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. Now it's kind of redundant in a sense, but you know we learn by redundancy and repetition. repetition. So, So the point that Paul is trying to make here, he wants to emphasize, is this. If you will seek after the Spirit, the Spirit will provide any gift or tool or give you the power 
to see lives change because the gifts are simply given to the church to see things change. Uh, let me ask you a question. Do you believe that the power of God still exists in the world and God still heals? Raise your hand if you believe that. You believe God heals today? Uh, well, let me ask you this. Do you believe that God answers prayer? Well, do you believe that that form of prayer comes time, sometimes comes in the form of a miracle? Do you believe that sometimes God can give you insight to the future? Very simple. That's prophecy. Do you believe that God can give you wisdom or use you to give someone a word of wisdom? Because only God sees all things, right? What we're going to do today, we're going to talk about how to use God's gifts. But we're going to simplify it, and we're going to talk about how you can use God's tools, which are his gifts, to build your family, build your career, build your loved ones, build the church. God has done something powerful and given us something so rich. I think we need to embrace it. So everyone say, God bless this sermon today. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you've got tools. I don't know if you know this, but you have tools. And when you've done that, you can be seated. God bless you. Thank you for standing. I feel like it's an appropriate message for today. I feel like being Pentecost Sunday and just kind of, you know, acknowledging that that we believe in the presence of God and the Spirit of God and interact with Him. I think that in our life, we, we complicate God so much. We can become so religious and put boundaries on ourselves and people that we limit God. We limit God sometimes, right? We limit God by complicating God and overthinking it when God simply wants us to keep things simple. God wants us to keep things simple. You know, when you think about it, when God chose to come into the world, he came in power. And the first miracle that we experienced in the New Testament was the conception of Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit, right? We called it the Immaculate Conception. It was a powerful thing. It had never been done before, and it would never be done again. There are some references of people that did not have a lineage, of their birth, like Melchizedek. It doesn't say exactly who he was in the sense of, you know, his man of his, him living on the earth. But the only reference we have to someone actually being born without uh, the conception of an earthly father was Jesus Christ. This is what some people have a very hard time really receiving. They have a very hard time receiving this because it's just unheard of. It defies science. Uh, how many of you know that faith defies science? And science will really just kind of help us analyze how God really works. So scientists and educated people, the intelligent people actually come and they analyze and diagnose everything to see how it works and how things are made, claiming that they have discovered something when all along, all they have done is it just analyzed God's creation. You know, God created the atom. And God created Adam and Eve. But God is simple. So, you know, we, we, for the sake of being weird, some churches and some people and some of us won't talk about the gifts of the Spirit anymore because we've complicated it and we've made it weird. 
Can I, can I just simply tell you, God isn't weird. People are weird. <laughs> if I'm talking to you, don't look around. Keep looking forward. If you think I'm, I'm not talking to you, but if you think I'm talking to you, people are weird. People have made God weird. People have made the gifts of the Spirit spooky. Some of you operate in the gifts of the Spirit on a weekly basis and don't even know it. God speaks to some of you and gives you perception, gives you that feeling in your gut about something sometimes and it's prophecy, wisdom, or knowledge. God gives you discerning of spirit and there's a big difference between your discernment as a human spirit and God's discernment as a, the Holy Spirit. But there's a depth and there's a difference. Throughout the years, people have have become strange, and religion has ruined a good thing sometimes. Not for this church, or not for me, not for you, but I'm just saying, don't ever let someone in their zealous uh, and their passion and their excitement for God sometimes or the lack of wisdom, they, they, you know, don't ever let them destroy your excitement about God. And some of you understand what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. And I don't want to knock anybody or knock a religious a group of people or, or you know, or a person, I don't have no axe to grind, but I want the church, this church, to at least embrace the, the normal side of seeing the gifts work without thinking that you have to be weird to see it happen. You do not have to be weird or act weird or do something weird or create a ritual or build an altar and get some diesel and just see how bad God is when you light the fire. That, you know, that, that was Elijah. Elijah was asked to put fire on the altar, and God came down and consumed the fire. And, you know, he, he challenged the prophets of Baal, and he, was de- he defeated them. But that was for the Old Testament. That was for a certain purpose and a certain reason. But God's power moves in our daily lives. Don't complicate it. God's power moves in our daily lives. How many of you men are thankful for power tools? You know, I, I, I saw a picture the other day of an old iron. How many, of you, how, many of you, how many of you grew up and you saw your parents with that old iron? They put it on top of that wooden stove, that, that coal stove, and they, that iron got hot on that stove, and then they would put that on the clothes. Now, ladies, all you have to do is go plug in the iron. And I think now they've even got battery-charged irons. I'm not quite sure. Small ones. I mean, thank God for power. Power being used is normal, you see. Power makes sense in this building. Power manifests itself in our lives on a daily basis because it's found the proper channels, and it's utilized properly in our lives. It's utilized in our life. So it's normal to see power in operation in our life, physically, But the question is, are we seeing the power of God actively moving in our lives spiritually? Are we seeing miracles? I don't think we need to seek after signs because the Scripture says signs follow us. But the faith that it takes to walk it out, the faith that it takes to simply live life and take a chance and step out of bounds, Get out of your comfort zone. 
we he- we're hesitant to do that. Sometimes you're not even looking for a miracle. I don't think anyone looks for a miracle. I just, like I said, I think, like the scripture says, miracles follow the believer. We just simply do the right thing and take a chance. Aren't you glad God took a chance on you? Guess what? You're a miracle. Look at your neighbor. That's a miracle sitting next to you. How many of you know? How many of you knew some people here in this building before they got saved? How many of you? Knew, how many of you knew me before I got saved? Raise your hand. I have some people I went to high school with. I'm a miracle, aren't I? I mean, you. I would have never thought I'd be up here. Who would have thought in high school? For those of you that went to high school with me, who would have ever thought we'd be in the same church in this location, worshiping God, pursuing after his presence, and trying to live a good life? Isn't God good? Isn't God good? I mean, we're surrounded by miracles all over the place. I know some of you. I've heard your stories. Some of you used to be drug addicts. Some of you used to be alcoholics. Some of you used to be bad people, but now you're good people. You live for God. God saved you. And listen, you're addicted to Jesus, and, 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 and you're making a difference. Now, was that experience scary when God saved you? Was it scary? Someone say yes. <laughs> My... <laughs> Depends on who your pastor was, right? <laughs> oh, forgive me, Lord. There, there, is, there is nothing to be scared about. You see, why are we so scared of the gifts, of the power of God? So let, let, me, let me keep on going. Um, we believe it's God's desire to let power be released in our daily lives. When Jesus walked in this world, in fact, when he walked in this world, He healed, performed more miracles outside the synagogue than he did in the church, proving that gifts were meant to be experienced outside these four walls. That's the misconception of the church. The misconception of the church is that we have identified the gifts to operate only within the confines of the church so we can be weird in here and normal out there. We got it backwards. We have it backwards. It's outside these church walls where we need to exercise and experience God changing lives and helping people in building, not just in your own personal life. You know, you know the, the gifts were, were meant to edify the church to see people that are non-believers come to the faith of God. You know, the gifts that God has given you and praying in the Spirit was meant to build you up, and thank God for that. I'm so thankful for the move of the Spirit. I am not ashamed to say I pray in the Spirit. I am not ashamed of that. I am not ashamed to share that with any pastor in town. I don't know who believes or who doesn't believe it. It doesn't matter. All I know is my experience is real. My experience is real. And and you should stand the same way behind your experience, not putting it down anyone's throat, but just embracing it, enjoying it, celebrating it, and realizing that it belongs to me. It belongs to you. So God gave us power in our life, not to just sit on power and not utilize power, but God gave us power to get us places. God gave us power to to, to refresh ourselves and cleanse ourselves and see lives change and watch the world that's dark and black turn white and saved. That's true. Look at the life of Jesus. 
when he walked in this world, he performed miracles before he forgave sin sometimes. Did you know that? Did you know that Jesus performed miracles sometimes before even forgiving someone? And did you know that Jesus forgave before anyone really asked him sometimes to be forgiven? The scripture says he healed a lame person. And then after he said that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on, on earth, he said, your sins are forgiven you. And then he told the woman that was caught in the act of adultery, neither do I condemn thee, go and sin no more. Your sins are forgiven. I didn't hear her ask for forgiveness. I'm not saying you don't have to do it now. What I am saying is when Jesus walked on, the, on this earth, he made sure the priority was to display the power of God. Everywhere Jesus went, he performed a miracle. Everywhere Jesus went, he saw the, you saw the power gifts, you saw the revelation gifts, you saw the inspirational gifts. You saw all those things. There is nothing, there is nothing too hard. Oh, you know what? Someone told me that Pentecost Sunday is next Sunday. Is that right? I think my wife told me that Pentecost Sunday was today. That's so cold-blooded, baby. I'm sorry. Blame it on you. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Okay, here's the deal. They just, okay, they threw a little sign up there. It's next Sunday. Okay, I missed it. It's all right. Rewind. Let's start over. We, we've celebrated ahead of time, right? We don't have to celebrate next week. <laughs> Take two. Here we go. So... When, when Jesus walked in this world, Jesus simply was trying to set an example for you and I. Here's the example. What did it take for God to work in this world? What was it? What's the first scripture that you think of that released God's power in the earth? The first miracle was the immaculate conception. And why did the scripture, why did, what did the scripture say about that? It said that God so loved the world, he gave. Does that make sense? God so loved the world, he gave. How did he give? He gave by blessing Mary in her womb and giving us a child that's gonna, that was going to turn us away from our sin and, our, and chase off our enemies and change our lives. There is nothing too hard for God to do. But the beginning of that working began with love, folks. A lot of people are afraid to talk about love because they believe it's just what they call sloppy agape. Have you ever heard that before? I think it's ridiculous. We're not talking about love in the central sense. We're talking about love in a spiritual sense that has wisdom, balance, it's long-suffering, it celebrates the truth, love that doesn't believe in, in bad reports but believes a good report, love that will strengthen you, love that will help you, love that simply comes into your life and changes everything. The first point I want to give you and the only point I want to give you today is this. 
The Spirit does all the work. That's the key to seeing the gifts work in your life. The key to seeing the gifts work in your life is recognizing that the Spirit does all the work. Let me, let me begin. I'm going to focus on this. I'm going to break it down. I want to expound on this. I want to give you examples. Here's what I want to show you. Everything begins with a power source. Everything. That engine in your car, that engine that's in your car wouldn't be any good if you didn't have wheels to help you get there. Think about this just for a moment. What someone did, like Henry Ford, what he did was he learned how to harness fire and combustion. He harnessed power. And what he had to do to transition and translate that power to something that we could use to help us get to a certain destination, he had to build a vehicle that had wheels on it. So that vehicle or that tire or that engine combined together gets us to our destination. That's how power works. Power has to have something with it in order for it to work. How many of you understand that? Okay. Electricity. Electricity is powerful, but without it having a proper channel or conductor, it's not going to work. So we go outside and we see power lines. And they kind of go down to smaller power lines. And then we kind of experience this, this easy blessing of buttons and technology and electronics and flipping switches and setting thermostats and doing all of these things. And then, women, you have the power of washing your clothes. I think every lady ought to get happy about that. How many of you grew up washing on the old washboard? I know there's some people in here that did that especially some of our missionaries. They still do that. They're, they're just, thank God for power. We take it for granted every single day. How many of you are thankful that you have a, it's, I know it's simple, but have you ever had a broken down washing machine? Oh, man, then everything. Oh, my God, we got to go back to the laundromat. I hate, let's go to the one on the north side of town. A laundromat's a laundromat. I hate to tell you, they're all the same. There's a long line in my house. I tell you what, I'm still going to go to the laundromat. You guys are taking way too long. I'm going to take all my clothes someplace else. But my point is, is that without power, you wouldn't have modern-day conveniences. Life becomes easier with power. I want you to get this in your spirit because I want you in your mind because I want you all to, to really grasp a hold of a simple truth is that the power of God in your life makes life easier. And the last one is now they've invented things because time, time as we go on, technology changes. As we go on, technology changes. Did you know that as you grow in God that your revelation increases and you find out secrets about God and you, he teaches you principles and, and he shows you how to pray for the sick or, or he shows you how to pray to get results? How many of you would love to pray and get results? Can I give you a secret for that? Can I give you a secret how to, how to talk to God and get results? How many of you would like to know that? Just real quick. You ready? Ask God one time, praise him the rest of the time, and live in thanksgiving. 
Did you hear what I just said? You need to write it down. Ask God one time, praise him the rest of the time, and live in thanksgiving. God heard you the first time, and if you'll praise him as the provider for whatever you've asked him for the rest of the time, your praise will manifest your blessings in your life. And gratitude gives you a heart for reception. I love giving gifts to people that are grateful. I love it. I love giving gifts to people that are grateful. Have you ever given a gift to someone who's just thankful and grateful? Did it make you feel like you want, did it kind of give you the feeling of, man, I want to bless them again? Well, I've learned that secret a long time ago with God. Gratitude goes a long way with him. But as time moves on, God shows you those kinds of secrets. And they're really not secrets, they're just principles. So God taught us a long time ago, be grateful. Praise me. Live in praise. Live in praise. Well, the sun, probably one of the most powerful sources of power in this world, the sun and it's all of its heat, someone figured out how to capture that. Now, people are putting solar panels everywhere to light up your life. Power harnessed by simple invention, by simple technology, translated into living well. When you can take the principles of God and learn how to translate them to be useful, life becomes easier for you. It's, it's the one thing. Now, let me tell you something. Sometimes these break down. Sometimes these go flat. Sometimes we have to repair this, and sometimes the storms get that. Sometimes these break down. Sometimes they move locations. Sometimes the bulb goes out. That's life, right? But God never fails. God never fails. The Spirit does the work. So the only thing between God, are you ready? The only thing between God and people's needs being met is you. Now, here's the diagram I want you to see. The source of power is this right here, is God's love. The scripture says in 1 John 4 and 8, God is love. But God plus someone with a bad heart equals people whose needs aren't being met. When your heart isn't right and your heart's not tender towards him, you're the one thing that connects the source, the destination, for God making a difference in the world. You're right in the middle. So really, we break down sometimes. We fail. We mess up. I mean, you know, wouldn't you love to go to work if there weren't any people? <laughs> uh, we, our challenge isn't things most of the time because we can just tighten stuff, stuff, some stuff down, right? We tighten stuff, uh, some things down and we leave it alone and it works and we plug it in. We, 
breaks down, we call the repairman. He takes care of it, no sweat. But people, when they break down, it becomes frustrating. I love working with people that are willing, that are able, that have great attitudes. Isn't it, doesn't it change your work environment? And, and let me encourage all of you, if, if you don't have those kind of people, why don't you be that person? Be that person because you can live a contagious life. You know, be a carrier of God's glory and God's love and God's attitude. And I promise you, someone will parrot you. Someone will mimic you. Someone will try to live like you. Someone will remember that, and they'll want to be that because you're the salt of the earth. And you're the light of the world. But your light comes from the source called love. Remember, God gave us his only begotten son that changed the entire world. He changed the world. He changed the dynamics of religion. He brought and broke down every tradition. He, he, he gave his life. He walked it out. He performed miracles. Blind eyes were open. Lame people walked again. Lepers were healed. Demonic spirits were cast out of people, all on the basis of God so loved the world. All on the basis of God so loved the world, so he gave his only begotten son. And it came from a small, embryonic, stage development of a baby being born. Because love grows. Love grows. And as love grows in your life, your favor grows your authority grows, your extension of your reach grows, there is nothing too hard for God to do. Nothing. But as your faith grows, it's based on your relationship. So sometimes it's not easy to work with people, but have you ever thought about maybe sometimes that's how God looks at us and says, oh my God, I can't bless them today because they're just in a bad mood. They're all up in their fields. They are all up in their fields, right? They're, they're, they're just owned by their feelings today. They're de depressed again today. They've allowed their imagination to go out. It's like the scripture says that we are workers together with Christ, but have you ever thought about us being the one not being easy to get along with? Have you ever thought about that? It's easy for us to say, oh, my God, they're so hard to get along with. Oh, my God, I'll work with them for years. And blah, 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 but we never look at ourselves and say, how are we towards God, right? We never look at ourselves and say, you know what? I, I've, I've had the problem here. I've had this problem with that person. I had this problem with that person. Wait a minute. The only common thing between all those people is you, right? <laughs> it's you and I. Three more fingers pointing back at me and a thumb pointing to God, telling us it's the answer. He's the answer. All I'm saying is, is that, you know, sometimes we need to stop and say, Lord, what do I have to do in order for you to work in my life and to see people change and see my life change? And we got to ask the hard questions. Don't ask easy questions. I mean, don't, be, you know, don't, don't assume it's something else. Don't blame uh, don't blame the economy all the time when you have a kingdom economy and a God who's a miracle worker. And, and listen, I'm just telling you, you can blame anything or anyone you want to, but did I not say that there's nothing impossible for your God to do? 
I'm talking about a God who walked on this earth when he needed to feed 5,000 people, took a bag of just a fish and some bread and fed 5,000 people from one little boy's lunch. I'm talking about a miracle-working God. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? There's nothing too hard for God to do. I'm talking about a God who stepped into the boat of some fishermen when they fished all night long and they couldn't catch a thing. But when he stepped in the boat, he said, do it again. You've got me with you this time. And they couldn't even pull up the fish that they caught. How many of you believe that God is a miracle-working God? I am talking about Jesus who showed up four days after the funeral and said, remove the stone. And everyone said, Lord, he's stinky. Got a stinky leg. I don't even know what that dance is. I just saw it happen. Man's got stinky. Four days. He stank. He was stinky. That's a funny word, right? He was a stinky. And <laughs> I'm talking about Jesus showing up and saying, it's never too late when I'm here. You may feel like your situation is dead, but I am the resurrection and the life. I can make it live again. Someone say power. Say power. That is demonstration of power. When you have the power of God in your life and you are living for God and you have a right heart, God's spirit, through love, flows from heart to heart. That's how it happens. How's that heart-to-heart connection made? Relationship. Say relationship. It's so simple, folks. It's so simple. That's why we encourage everyone that comes to covenant, give us at least a year. Give us a year. Be faithful to the church services. Take the sermons. Apply them. Believe it or not, this sermon, we started a new series, but we have, we have I believe through God's wisdom, connected the series together so you can kind of grow and apply them. Last week, we talked about the heart, right? Remember that big headphones that we had? with the heart on it, and listening to the right things, growing in God, hearing the voice of God. But now we're talking about transmitting the heart of God to your heart and growing how that works together. Just apply the principles. Don't complicate it. So I say that to say this. Every day, take time just to simply talk to God. Take time every day to simply read the Word of God. How many weeks are there in a year? 50 what? 52? Even if you memorize 52 scriptures, 
a year, you'd have 50 more, 52 more scriptures than you had in the beginning of the year that you have in your mind, you had in your heart to use in the times of moment when, moments when you were weak, in the moments when you lacked faith. You have to have something in your heart because God can only use what's in your heart. That's why the word of God is important, because you need the word in order to agree with something that God is said and he said he would do in your life. And the only way you can keep your mind on God is to have the word of God and reminisce on the goodness of God and believe a good report and see pure things and stay focused. If you maintain that, you are now developing a relationship with God. And when God begins to flow, there are nine people here. There are nine people right here. One may need healing. You won't pray for somebody, I promise you, if you don't have a burden for somebody. You won't pray for anyone if you don't have a love for people. And you may pray, but without the right attitude, God can't use you. Remember, we're workers together with him. Don't be the one that's hard to get along with because God's never going to be that one. He just needs someone that's going to work with him. God just needs someone that will work with him, and he'll do all the work. He'll do all the work. See, you can operate in a prophetic gift, but you are not the prophet. Yeah, God's given you the privilege to hold an office, but he's the prophet. We can lay hands on people or even speak to people's sicknesses, and God will heal them, but we're not the healer. Jesus is the great physician. Amen. However God chooses to heal... Sometimes God uses the medical field. Sometimes God uses, gives you wisdom through nutrition. Sometimes God does a miracle. Sometimes the healing takes place when your spirit is healed. You want to know why sometimes people, I'm getting off track, but I want to give you this principle. You want to know why sometimes people don't, uh, can't maintain their healing in their life? Would you like to know? Because their spirit isn't healed. And they'll still walk in unforgiveness. And they'll walk in resentment. And until their spirit is healed, their body can't be completely healed. Because we're made up of what? Spirit, soul, and body. So, but your heart has to be right. And listen, someone may need a healing. Someone may need direction. Someone may need a miracle. Someone may need a, 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 a what? Tell me. Tell me, a financial miracle, right? Provision, a word of wisdom, right? The church right now, someone may need to hear a word. There are so many needs in the world, and God wants to use you to meet these needs. But you know what these people represent? You want to know what these people represent? These people represent your loved ones. This is your family. You can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. And sometimes it's not a matter of winning the debate. Sometimes it's a matter of just forgiving. Because when your heart is right and you can forgive, God can do a miracle in their life. But when you're bitter and you're upset and you're, you're, you're offended, then guess what? It stops flowing. It stops flowing. 
That's the way God works. Let, let me give you this real quickly. I'm going to give you two scriptures and I'm done. The scripture says it like this. When the apostle Paul was trying to tell the church how to see the spirit of God move, he gave them principle and he told them, 1 Corinthians 12 and 31 says, but earnestly desire the best gifts. What, he, what that really means is, and you do the study, but what that really means is, is that in that moment when there's a need, you can choose to have faith for the gift that's needed. Choose the best gift. Like you can't, prophecy won't necessarily heal somebody, but, you, but it gives them hope, right? The gift needed at that moment is healing, so you can depend on God for that. Remember, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to all to profit with all the gifts. You, because you have Jesus in your life, who is the gift giver? Right? Use the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. And guess what? In the Holy Spirit, do you think God gave you the Holy Spirit in your life or Jesus came into your hearts and he said, oh, my God, I forgot the rest of the gifts? Right? Not like us men, right? Oh, man, I forgot my screwdriver at home. Or the worst one, I forgot my tape measure. We need a tape measure for everything. Keep one in your truck. Jesus didn't come into your life and say, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot the gifts. I've only got three today. No, he gave you all of them. Choose the best one. Have faith for it. Believe it. Or in other words, don't be afraid to love somebody and step out. And the best one is this, and I'm going to help you. Sometimes the problem isn't just you loving people. Sometimes it's you loving yourself, forgiving yourself. I mean, you need a gift to work in your, in your life for your family? Then learn to accept the fact that Jesus gave his life for you, and he paid a price for you, and he loved you that much. And stop denying yourself the blessings of God in your life. The Apostle Paul said there's a lot of needs in the church. Here's how you do it. And yet I show you a more excellent way. Throw it back up there, please. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 1 through 3. He said, I'm going to show you a more excellent way in verse 12. Verse 13 says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. I am nothing, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. That means that what good is all that power without having your heart changed? Because people can believe God for a miracle, and don't ever be confused. Don't ever be, uh, 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 you know, confused about somebody that's operating in a power gift but don't have love, a genuine love for people. It's very possible. And I'm not trying to sound religious, but I got to give you the word of God and what it says. There was a group of people that Jesus spoke about in the scripture that came to him and said, Lord, have we not cast out demons in your name? Have we not laid hands on the sick in your name? Have not we performed miracles in your name? And he said, depart from me, workers of iniquity. I never what? knew you. 
You can have things work in your life, but yet never know him. So the most important thing to me, see, I'm not, I'm not a seeker of the gifts. I'm a seeker of the gift giver. And the gifts just follow. The miracles just follow. So I'm not looking for him and going to him because I want a miracle. I'm going to him because he is a miracle and he's done a miracle in my life. Gratitude. Gratitude. But knowing him is the most important thing. It's going to be this right here, folks. It's going to be this that's going to make the difference in our life. That. We need that. We need a heart change. We need to believe God. He said, I'm going to show you a more excellent way. If you'll just love people, if you'll just love people. I mean, you don't have to like people, but you have to love people. You understand the difference, right? Oh, my God, I don't can't stand them, but I got to love them. <laughs> don't look at me like I'm bad. I love you. <laughs> you know, I'm going to get sidetracked, but I'm going to stay focused. Here, here's, here's what I do know. I do know that the purpose, the purpose in your life is to see lives changed and your life to change also. And the heart is the connection. Without it, nothing else happens. Come on, Haley, I'm done. In other words, what I'm trying to tell you today is this. The Spirit desires to work in us first, then desires to work in the world. The Spirit will use you. You know what you need in order to see a miracle take place? Be faced with an impossible situation. Would you like to know what you need in order to see someone be healed? Is a sick person. You want to know what it, what, it, what, what it takes to see the word of wisdom and prophecy come into your life? Is have the love of God and run into somebody that needs direction. And if you just simply love them, the love of God will begin to operate in your life and you'll feel something without having to concoct it, without having to manipulate it. See, that's not how it works. You don't manipulate a situation. You just walk because God wants to really, really love people. God sees every one of our needs even in this building today. I promise you, you can go to the grocery store, when you go to the restaurants today, when you go to the parties, whatever you're going to, you're going to walk and there's going to be people with problems. There's going to be people with needs. And if somebody will walk into that situation and love God and just have a heart for people and you have a relationship with God, you can hear the voice of God and God can put something in your heart and you'll feel this urgency just to go say hi to someone. And he won't give you the entire words. He won't give you the whole purpose, but you'll feel drawn to that person. That's what the Spirit of God does. And as you get there and in converse or whatever takes place, God will begin to show you, and then you step out by faith. But let me go a little bit further into our personal world. What about our children? What about our own house? You see, you, you know, when you operate and use the power of God, and it first needs to be utilized in your homes. I encourage every man, every man, it's a fact. If men will live for God and have a heart for God and be real with God, the family will follow. And men, I want to encourage men and moms, dads and moms, parents, 
pray over your children or one another. Children, if you're living in a home and maybe your parents aren't living for God or maybe not going to church, exercise your faith there. And the scripture says that when they see God moving in your life, then they'll know that he is real and they'll follow you to the house of God. Before I've ever prophesied over anybody, I first prophesied in my home over my wife, over my children. I pray for them. Listen, it's easy. This is where you need to operate and learn how to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Learn to use the tools because your family's very forgiving as well. And did you know you can pray for somebody that doesn't believe and God will still heal them? Read the Scripture. Thomas said, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. He was doubting, but God still let him touch him and experience him. He wants us to still experience him, and you can still pray for people. You want to know how to change the heart of that rebellious child? Pray for them. Pray for them. Not just pray in secret only, but pray for them. I'm joking. Don't do that. Yeah, some of you are clapping. Hold on a second. Yeah. Don't start. Don't give them the claw, okay? Remember that? The claw? Anyways, I'm saying grab them by the hand, hug them, pray for them, exercise your faith. I would rather pray for someone, step up by faith and miss it and make a mistake than not do anything at all. And if you want a platform, your platform is your home. Your pulpit should be in your home. Every place you go, live by example. Here's what I want to leave you today. In conclusion, love is waiting for you to take your first step. Love is waiting for you to take your first step. There is so much power. There is so much power in God. There is so much power. Honestly, actually, we should always be growing. There is so much power available to us, but all God needs is a medium, is a conductor. Is someone to open up and step out by faith. Are you bored? Are, are, are you like ever said to yourself, how, how can, I don't feel like I'm being used. I don't feel like I can do anything. Wait a minute. You are a walking instrument and power tool of God. You are filled with the power of God in your life. Everywhere you go, there's a chance to minister to somebody. Everywhere you go, there's a chance to pray for somebody. God is always talking, but we have to start listening. God will give you opportunity. God will give you a chance. God wants to use you, and God is waiting for you to take your first step. How many of you want to see the power of God in your life? Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at CLC Victoria and download our app.